have returned. Um, I can't do the the signature <laughs> Nick. We are back because he is not here. So um, yeah, hosting duties fall to Taylor and I. How <laughs> it's gonna be a lot doing? lower energy. I'm uh, good about you. I don't know about low energy. Maybe chaos, but. <laughs> And hopefully yeah. he hopefully he can edit and uh, throw some production touches on this for us. Otherwise, <laughs> it's going to be a bad episode. It can just be a lost episode if it's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's behind the paywall. We lead the podcast industry in uh, lost episodes. If you count <laughs> all the episodes just that never came to fruition, um, where we said we were going to record one weekend and didn't. Also, I mean, along with those is Night at the Boozies, which will never see the light of day. <laughs> that would be um, Patreon goal. If we get 100 <laughs> Patreon subscribers on the Patreon we don't have, we'll release the extremely embarrassing failed <laughs> podcast episode. I think there's like three of them. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there, there's like one that's an hour of just terrible content and then like a couple like 15 minute uh segments that are equally as embarrassing yeah that's great <laughs> all right uh i guess well let's start off because it's not quite an album but it's music worth talking about um let's start off with scary hours 2 by drake and then we can touch on some some news or odd topics briefly, and then we've got uh, some movie discussion lined up. Yeah. So Uh, we're going to try our first movie talk. Let's do it. Uh, Did you want to start with your thoughts on Drake? Uh, Yeah, just kind of as a... uh, Yeah, I think, you know, they they played a good game against Loyola today, (laughs) but ultimately, uh, I think the, the injuries really hurt them down the stretch, so... If you're being um, real, that's why Nick's not on the recording. He just got too <laughs> yeah, drunk. He's taking it hard. Uh, <laughs> he let us know beforehand, too, before the game even, so he was not confident. But, yeah, speaking of Drake injuries, um, we're getting scary hours, too, as kind of a um, – just like, a, hey, maybe this can tide you over while um, he works on Certified Lover Boy and rehabbing his injured knee is the story so it's a a three song ep um that i in general enjoyed quite a bit yeah Um, what about what about you i mean yeah it's good i i'm not the biggest drake fan um he it's obviously always going to be a bit corny um just because that's who drake is but Overall, it's solid. I can't really dig it too much. I mean, I can't knock it too much. Uh, I can dig it, though. (laughs) Um, Yeah, overall, pretty solid. Some corny lines in there. And I did want to just point out at one point, he said he drinks to, like, forget the pain or whatever. Uh, You should not drink and be on pain medications when rehabbing a knee. (laughs) No, that's that's why it's taking so long. Yeah. Uh, Drake injured his knee shooting a State Farm commercial. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Wait, is that actually uh, what happened? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm starting rumors. Uh, 
so Nick is definitely the biggest uh, Drake fan out of us. Um, but we, I think last, towards the end of last year, we talked for for a good length on what I go back and listen to all our episodes and you can find the discussion. <laughs> um, so our thoughts are kind of out there about, uh, I think, recent Drake and expectations set. Um, so, yeah, we kind of like bemoaned the fact that he's just releasing these, you know, 25 song albums and just like a blatant ploy to go after streaming numbers and the quality just isn't like there. Uh, and I don't still don't think these are, you know, these songs are high art or anything, but it's refreshing to just th- like three like fun to listen to songs that I think on their own could be big hits. And it's, uh, it's really unfortunate that I can't be, you know, uh, enjoying the Chicago like early spring um, on a rooftop somewhere when it's like 42 degrees listening to what's next. (laughs) Yeah. Cause that, that will, when bars eventually rejuvenate, if that's over the summer, that's going to be the song. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be so many drunk people just shouting, I had sex on Valentine's day or whatever that line is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Personally, uh, I, enjoyed um my two favorite parts of the ep or whatever you want to call it um, were the little baby verse and i guess the whole of lemon pepper freestyle but yeah lemon pepper i was just looking it up um rick ross i feel like he doesn't do enough anymore but he doesn't have to but just the double dipping of doing lemon pepper freestyle to get people to think about wing stop lemon pepper wings is brilliant yeah did he did he explicitly reference wing stop in this song? i don't believe because so. he's done it before and it seems like a missed opportunity to not yeah i don't think so i'd have to go back and listen more carefully specifically for that but just talking about the wings in general is great yeah um all right yeah i yeah i really don't have a whole lot to say <laughs> yeah Thank you, Drake. I think you you did something good for us. We appreciate it. Um, all right, I'll cede the floor um, to you for the uh, the next. Bit, yeah, because I have not seen or heard <laughs> what you're about to talk about. Um, Tyler, the creator, just did a very weird song for um, for Coca Cola. I haven't seen the actual commercial yet, which is bad preparation for the podcast, but. Uh, I encourage you to go listen to this song. Um, It's very strange. It's kind of on par with um, when he did Mr. Grinch for the new version of the Grinch movie, whatever that was. Um, But yeah, it's basically just saying very, very good, yummy, yummy, yummy in different ways. (laughs) And then good production behind it. And it has like his signature art, similar to the Cherry Bomb uh, album art, but it's him drinking a Coca-Cola. And it's just very strange and recommend you to check it out if you're into strange things like I am. All right. We're, I guess, uh, we're a Coca-Cola podcast. (laughs) Anti-Pepsi. Yeah, probably.
Uh, and that was our music. Yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Um, is there anything else that came out? Only other thing that I thought was cool was uh, Leon Bridges covered Like a Ship, which is a fun song. And he, it's one of those songs that the first time I heard it, I legitimately thought, oh, this would be a cool song for Leon Bridges to cover. And then years later, he <laughs> covered it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, it's kind of a one hit wonder from, I think, the 70s. I could be wrong there. Um, but yeah, check that out. It's a nice song. He does a good job doing it. All right. Uh, I guess the other thing, um, is Unlocked 1.5. Oh yeah. It's just a quick mention. I would recommend it. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to say on it, but it's, uh, so last year, Kenny Beats and Denzel Curry released Unlocked, um, an EP, that was like kind of fun and like pretty experimental, like industrial sounding production from Kenny uh, and some fun raps from Denzel, but I like moved on from it pretty quick. Um, and then they announced with a wonderful trailer, check it out if you haven't seen it, even if you've listened to the album, it's very funny and it's just, you can tell they had fun working on this, um, that they're doing uh, basically a remix of it, adding on a ton of names like Robert. So yeah, the remix being, they had producers remix each beat and then added a bunch of features on as well. So you've got Robert Glasper, Alchemist, Charlie Heat, um, now, lending production and then features from Smino, Joey Badass, Benny the Butcher, Arlo Parks, among others. So uh, it really kind of opens, I guess you could say it unlocks the album uh, and leads it to leads it to different sounds and um, directions that makes for a very engaging listen at the very least. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I don't listen to a ton of Denzel Curry, but went back and listened to that yesterday and it was very nice yeah yeah it kind of highlights his range a little better than the original version while i think basically all his verses are the same which is interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, all right well i don't have much else to offer other than i like that but you should check it out yeah, I mean, we're a music podcast, and we laid down a good 16 minutes of music discussion. So now let's talk about movies. Yeah. Um, did you want to... Let's go briefly through Nomadland, um, which we meant to talk about a couple of weeks ago, and it was a little more fresh on the streaming services. But uh, yeah, let's meander our way through that, I guess. Um, so just in general... It's very good. I think everyone should watch it. Um, like a lot of the Badlands, which is a portion of the United States that I feel like doesn't get enough press as like a cool place to visit. Um, so shout out Badlands. Uh, it's a beautiful area. Uh, the movie was shot beautifully. I liked that they used actual nomads um, as major characters within it. They didn't lean on them too much to act because that's not what they do. It's me. 
I did not pick up. I was like, oh, this is very, like, authentic slice of life. Um, that makes sense. I didn't know that they were actual, like, people that they were using. Yes. Taylor? Are you back? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So you definitely dropped out for, like, 30 oh. seconds during that. Um, I was just talking. <laughs> we'll see if. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what Nick can do with this. We'll tell him to review the Nomadland <laughs> discussion and Nick cuts as yeah. needed. Um, but I, yeah, I guess going off what I did here, I didn't realize that, um, the, a lot of the nomads were actual nomads and not actually actors. I was just like, oh, this is very slice of life, authentic feeling. Like they really captured it well. Uh, so that explains (laughs) that. Yeah. Um, but I thought, yeah, it's a very, very soul searching movie. Um, and it, I guess I I liked it a lot. Um, probably not something I would watch again. Um, and I do think it sort of just it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it does like it really does make you think, at least um, for a good part of it, about just. Know, what am what am I doing with my life? You know, yeah. uh, so you know, good movies do raise those questions. Uh, and yeah, I thought it was a very like thorough character study of uh, of a character that is yeah. Now that I know, um, is being bounced off of real people, so that makes it much more yeah. interesting in retrospect. Uh- also, it's I do have to say it is very confident in itself. There's not a lot of exposition. Like there is exposition, but it comes organically and it's pieced out throughout the whole movie. It's not they just open the movie and tell you like this is a character, her husband's dead, and blah blah. You figure it out. Right. Um, and then also it's kind of cool to just see like what she takes what matters to her as she moves on um specifically like the plates that she kept and all Mm -hmm. that which again if you're in that and you have to kind of think what you would take with you and what you'd choose to leave behind so uh yeah and i think it actually um it surprisingly, I I did not think of it until now. It does kind of dovetail nicely with the other movie um, we're going to talk about in a way uh, because it does a lot. You know, you notice um, you notice before it's brought up even that a lot of these nomads are older yeah. people and just kind of like they're basically getting together to help each other um, as much as possible, and it's. One of them brings it up eventually, and he's like, "Yeah, we're <laughs> you hit a certain age, and uh, like if you don't have you if you don't have enough, you're just kind of cast aside." Um, like they that that's how you know these people are are dealing with that is um, doing what they can to just enjoy the rest of their life while helping out other people um, who are living a, a similar lifestyle um, to kind of get that that sense of community that maybe you don't have um, either if you're just on the road all day or if, yeah, uh, 
you don't have much family or your family that you do have has decided that you're, you're just an old person yeah. now. Uh, so it was very, yeah, that it's very sad, but also heartwarming at the same time. They have each other. Damn it. To see like the campfire scenes and yeah. stuff. And also yeah. like I do, I did thoroughly enjoy that. Um, she just keeps meeting up with like Linda May and Dave uh, and they keep helping each other get jobs and, get by and everything which is cool yeah um, even just the subtle stuff of them uh when she like gave soup when he's sick i don't know that's kind of heartwarming to see them taking care of each other and knowing that those are actual nomads i mean that's obviously they're going to pay themselves in the best light possible but i do think that they there is yeah. something to that Yeah, I think it's a very uh, it's a very subtle movie, but it does touch on a lot of stuff. Um, like it, yeah, it manages to kind of touch on like the gig economy, um, while also really just mainly wanting to focus on like human connection and what that means to different people and what people want out of, uh, I guess, relationships. Yeah. Um, it's really yeah it's for a kind of a relatively minimalist movie it says a lot yeah. so i will applaud it for that also i looked into the director uh, chloe zhao um it's very strange that she did this um dances or songs my uh, brother taught me i think is the name of her other movie i'm looking it up now just let me stall um and then her next movie is the eternals which that's the that's the probably a, in general a discussion for another episode but that is like that that's yeah. the path is you hit a couple indie hits as a director um that are probably fairly difficult to make budget wise kind of on a shoestring budget and then I like, yeah, that's the path now is then, then you get offered a billion dollar Marvel movie. And then if that, and then that's kind of like when you can breathe out a little and really um, probably pursue your dream projects yeah. at that point. It's just that path is, but it, um, it is kind of like a, yeah, it's a gatekeeping thing now almost where it's like, well, you got to do a Marvel movie. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so interesting to me because, well, like you said, you, it, you go from one extreme to the other. There's not much progression after you do a few indies. <laughs> no, um, yeah. And like working on a billion dollar or multi, multi million dollar movie uh, it comes with different challenges than working on a shoestring budget. Um, I mean, she's going from dealing with actual nomads to dealing with like Kumail Nanjiani, who actually would be, I imagine, low, uh, low ego. Steroids. <laughs> That's <Kumail> fair. <laughs> so you don't know. <laughs> um, Alleged. He's ripped um, now. It's crazy. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. no way that. Uh... Just quit drinking beer. <laughs> but yeah yeah you know i just switched to switched to vodka <laughs> is all didn't change a thing um, all right well yeah let's transition from one movie about old people 
taking care of each other to a movie about relatively young people. Taking care of old people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll let you start this time. Yeah. Um, this is actually a very cohesive podcast episode thematically because also um, I Care A Lot is the title of the movie. And it really sounds like it could be the title of a Drake yeah, album. It really does. So I think we're tying things together very nicely. But um, quick kind of synopsis off the top of my head, because I'm having computer troubles. Uh, Rosamund Pike plays a court-appointed legal guardian, basically, um, who utilizes her occupation to prey financially um, and strip assets from the elderly that are put under her care. Um, and with a wonderful setup like that, you know that she's going to run into a, a just a, a glorious opportunity um, that turns out to have some negative baggage attached to it. Um, we'll just give some brief thoughts on it overall, what we'd like, and then dive right into spoilers because I don't think anybody wants to listen to a movie discussion um, about a movie that they haven't seen. So we're just going to assume that you've yeah. seen this movie if you're listening at this point. But um, for now, uh, what did you think overall? Uh, overall, I liked it a lot. It reminded me a lot of one of my favorite movies from the last 10 years. I looked it up and it was exactly 10 years ago. Uh, Headhunters. Uh, so if you've seen that, then you can kind of get an idea of just the general vibes of where it goes. Um, if you haven't seen Headhunters, but you enjoyed this movie, I strongly recommend going back and checking that movie out. Um, but overall, this movie was great. Uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but Peter Dinklage coming in to the fray is fantastic. Uh, he's always great. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie i don't ex or i guess it is already gained some award season hype but i don't expect it to actually win anything um i think normally it wouldn't get award hype um just the general type of movie it is uh generally doesn't do well at the oscars or anything along those lines but since there's not a lot of movies out there just the general competence of this movie and uh story is where it gets that yeah um yeah i thought in general it's very enjoyable and very solid uh i like the premise a lot and i think it does really um utilize it very well especially in the beginning and then at the very end which we'll get into to kind of effectively satirize um uh the the topic um i do think the second half in general yeah. is a little wobbly and probably could have done without a few scenes but uh definitely i would uh, a hearty recommendation if if you are find yourself just kind of scrolling, scrolling through streaming services, not sure to watch, it's an easy yeah. recommendation for two hours. I just wanted to bring up before we get 
into spoilers, uh, just the Gillian Flynn universe kind of collapsing in on itself a little bit. Roseman Pike from Gone Girl, and then the attorney Dean Erickson, uh, who the actor's name is Chris Messina, uh, is the detective from Sharp Objects. Um, and this movie has a little bit of ah. Gillian Flynn vibes in terms of powerful, morally corrupt women, um, which I love. Um, yeah, that's a discussion that we can have another time like, yeah. if you want to get into that. But I love Gillian Flynn. I think she's fantastic. Uh, yeah, do you want to just yeah, dive into the spoilers? Or I yeah. guess open it up to spoilers. Um, this isn't spoiler related, but I just want to kind of comment mm-hmm. on the overall style of it. I really like it's very well lit, and um, the script isn't necessarily like super sharp, I would say, but it is very profane <laughs> and uh, and enjoyable. Uh, just so it's it's a funny contrast because it there were certain scenes scenes where it seemed like it was specifically shot like a um one of the drug commercials yes, i didn't even think about people. that but that is um, so it's i the lighting is like uh just like pulled directly from those um and yeah, like the there's you know tours of this elderly care facility that yeah look like something you would see <laughs> watching CBS in the afternoon. So I I really appreciated uh, the attention to detail there and sort of because um, it's a unique look I think and just a general overall style for for this kind of thriller. Absolutely, and I guess that's the first. Uh spoiler that we'll go into this movie does end up becoming a thriller uh which is nice uh the beginning it's just hurting people and then uh it goes on to i guess i don't need to describe the plot people at this point have seen it if they're still listening um her partner uh eliza gonzalez i really like her i want her to be in more things She's Darlene from Baby Driver as well. Um, oh, okay. I I mean, Jill kind of yelled at me for this. Jill's my girlfriend, for those who don't know me and her. Um, but I said she's kind of backing herself into uh, a new version of Michelle Rodriguez, which I don't think is necessarily an insult in any way. I think Michelle Rodriguez is great, and she does those kind of like badass roles yeah she gives a very like spunky kind of performance um i can see i see that uh if we're talking about lesser known actors in this movie i want to give a just a quick shout out to macon blair who shows up in like the first and um final spoiler (laughs) yeah last scene (laughs) Um, just if you if you have time and want to watch some low budget like shoestring indie movies that are also thrillers, um, most of his filmography are just like really gory, um, 
indie thrillers that are awesome. <laughs> so he's he's I love him, and I hope to see him in yeah more things. Also, in the that character was a nice wrap up on the movie um, because as the movie was going on, um, I was actively rooting against Roseman Pike. Uh, it's kind of weird because she is, yeah. That is yeah, the, the point, point as well, but just like <laughs> I don't know, I felt like Jesse Plemons or not Jesse Plemons, uh, Jesse from Breaking Bad. He's like, she can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it because uh, it does kind of take an interesting. So I guess before I get into that, there has been a trend of. And this is not like a new thing to have sort of a, not even an anti-hero, but like maybe the antagonist uh, as your like point of view character. Um, Like Taxi Driver did it back way longer. What are you talking about? He Uh, killed those pimps. But there has been like a recent trend. (laughs) There has been a recent trend of people not like just not getting it and being like yeah this movie supports that view um because we're put in their point of view and just of just really completely not understanding how to watch a movie or tv show i guess and i'm not saying this is like what you were doing but and it really i think came to its head um when joker released (laughs) <laughs> just i that's not like a phenomenal movie or anything but people did like yeah this movie supports everything that uh yeah this movie supports dressing yourself up as a clown and killing people is uh it really makes me wonder about stuff so uh but i this does kind of give like a weird twist on it in which uh you know you're obviously like watching a bad person defraud these people and but then they slide in peter dinklage who um like the movie does kind of go out of its way to be like this he's a worse person he's a human trafficker um and then it like pits him them against each other so it is it's kind of like a weird take on it uh yeah but yeah i'm all for that I think generally, so how this movie ended, which I guess we'll just go into the spoiler that uh, one of the people that uh, she was, that she acquired guardianship over his mom just to financially uh, take advantage of her. The mom passed and he was never able to see his mom because Rosamund Pike denied him of that uh, to steal money from them. Uh, He ends up murdering her. I think that is a nice way to kind of get out of it a little bit um, where you're, you see her demise and it's not necessarily the bad human trafficker that kills her because you don't want to see him when you don't want to see her when. So it's a nice, uh, (laughs) yeah, kind of cop out. I almost kind of, yeah, I almost didn't. Not, I would have been fine yeah. without that, like kind of stinger at the end. I, I really, honestly, I loved um, 
so yeah, like I mentioned, I think there's probably a couple yeah. extra scenes in the second half um, where I was just like, this seems like it's padding out the length, like him failing to kill both Rosamund Pike's character and Fran, her partner. Uh, yeah, I was like, we probably could have just had one of these scenes. Um, but so, anyways, I I love the the sequence of them deciding yeah. to go into business together, and then the montage of her, um, like, yeah, doing all these like TV hits and interviews and landing these magazine covers, like, oh, America's top new young CEO, like forty under forty, all that, and it's just like just so effectively steward just kind of hustle culture (laughs) the hustle porn culture and stuff um just out of like i wasn't expecting the movie to attempt that and in in like a minute it just like nailed it um so i think even if it ended on that i would have been pretty happy but yeah i guess you're i i do think you bring up a good point where it balances it out then i guess if some people would be like, well, yeah. maybe, maybe um, some come Also, up you mentioned his failed attempt to kill her. Um, my biggest question watching the movie is, was she drinking the milk that her tooth was in? Because as she progresses farther and farther until she gets her tooth reinserted, um, the level of that milk keeps dropping. I don't know if that's poor editing or what, but that was something that caught my eye. That whole like subplot yes. was baffling to me. Yeah, so I googled it um, her tooth. as I was watching because like, why the hell did she put her tooth in milk? And apparently if you have a tooth that gets knocked out, you're supposed to put it in milk. So she did the right thing. I think I didn't do enough research on it, but I found Uh, articles saying, yes, that's the right thing to do. It, it seemed like a thing that the writer was just like showing off. Like, yeah, yeah. Look at this weird thing. I know. Um, Because it literally has no impact whatsoever on the rest of the movie. Like there's not, there wasn't even like a joke made of it. It just like the most you get of it is her buying the milk and putting her tooth in it. And then, yeah, like you said, carrying it around yeah. for a little bit at varying levels um, and then getting her tooth put back in and then like giving a smile afterwards. And I was nope. waiting for a payoff then later, but nope. <laughs> I thought they were going to try like some weird body switch or something to go into hiding like you know plant the tooth nope. or dental records or something but nope just i was like all right <laughs> yes i completely very agree. strange to me um but yeah that's pretty much also uh just peter dinklage doing the like uh, i don't the gymnast rings was a very visual that i never expected to see in my life uh there's no payoff (laughs) to him like being a great gymnast or anything along those lines they're just like oh well he's russian um he's got to do i guess also another thing just 
nitpicking here, which again, I really enjoyed the movie. I just have a tendency to nitpick. Uh, his facial hair was like just fractionally too big. Um, oh, I thought he had a great look with the facial hair and then the yeah. like I mean, man bun slash ponytail. Yeah, he looked awesome. But just like looked, I wanted the facial awesome. hair to be a little, little less, just down 10%. Um, but yeah. Uh, he looked great movie was great Um, thoroughly enjoyed it strongly recommend Um, but again if you're still listening at this point you've probably already seen it also there we go yeah uh, I was just going to say I really I had a fun time watching it Um, I really hope that we do get more because it seems like there's like one of these movies a year where it's just like, yeah, we managed to get, you know, A-list actors uh, in in like a modestly budgeted thr- thriller movie. Uh, and like, I guess I, I'm just yeah. thinking of like, I watched Michael Clayton last night. And when that came out, like in the early 2000s to like, like 2000 or even before that, like, the 90s to like 2010 there were so many just like legal and psychological thrillers um that like they were there was a bunch of really good ones um and now it's like you know the most similar movie the mo- the movie that this reminded me most of recently is i actually haven't seen that one simple yet favor um and oh i that's i like it a lot it's really fun um but beyond that it's hard to find like a recent comp so that's that's my plea i guess more like, thrillers closing this is like more you know just like yeah yeah i don't have to like, spend a hundred million dollars i, I completely agree <laughs> i think there's uh, just in movies in general i feel like it's either indie movies or some hundred million dollar movie that makes no sense like the remake of Doolittle with a dragon. Why did why who asked for that? Just give me a few thrillers. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, Tom and Jerry. Give us some action. movies that cost like ten or twenty million dollars with great actors and pay for a good script. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, give me twenty million. Ridiculous ass. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay, sign off on that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, like like she says, yeah. just give me ten million dollars and I'll leave you alone forever. We'll end the pod if we. Otherwise, we're recording dollars. forever. That's our promise. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Same. <laughs> All right. Goodbye forever. All right. That's all I. <laughs>